I'm George Sherman, CEO of GameStop. Just a few days ago, I was wondering what a customer looked like. Now I'm running one of the country's highest valued companies. My net worth grew so much, Heidi Klum wants to date me. How did I do it? Innovation. Other companies might be willing to deliver video games to you anytime, instantly via download, but not GameStop. GameStop is your one-stop shop for physical copies of video games. All you need to do is ask your mom to drive you to the mall in the middle of the pandemic. Just make sure it's during our store's limited open hours. Best of all, if we don't have your game in stock, we'll order it for you. And you can have your mom drive you back to the mall to pick it up in just two to seven days. It's just that easy. The verdict is in. People love brick-and-mortar stores. There's no other explanation. GameStop. We're back like Radio Shack. You're listening to Questionable Material, produced in New York by Jack Helmuth and Brian Sack. QMPodcast.com. Laid back. Fire department. God, I've got a fire. There's a fire over here. There's a fire. Whoa, 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 whoa. chill, chill. What, 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 what? Okay, just listen, listen, listen. Yeah. I'm at, I'm at 47 Main Street. Uh-huh. There's a fire in my kitchen right now, and it is spreading. It has caught hold of the curtains, and as you know, I run the daycare here, so please get over here now. Take it. Stop and smell the roses, my friend. But, but I, all I can smell is uh, ember. There's no roses to smell. If there were roses in here, they're burning. All right. Can you describe the fire? Is it like something that needs like a fire department to show up for? For sure. For sure. It is. It it is. What is it now? 1233 Uh, on a school day. uh I run a daycare at 47 Main Street and my kitchen area is on fire. We were reheating some mac and cheese. How do you think it happened? Is it like an arson or something? Or it sounds like just maybe haphazard Mac making, if you know what I mean. Yeah, no, I, I know what you mean. Um, I mean, probably it's probably a, a kid, like a little, I don't imagine it's arson. Is that, is there arson around lately? No, I don't know. But we haven't, you know, it's not something you really notice unless you're looking for it. Okay. Well, should we be looking for it? Well, no, I just, okay. First of all, we just need, uh, you get me distracted. We need someone to come down here and put out the fire. All right. We got like, 23 minutes left to go on this episode. Do you mind if it's kind of, you know, we'll go like once we get what, dressed what up. What are you watching? Game of Thrones. We're way behind. Are you? So you don't even know what happens? Yeah, we're still in season two. I mean, it's looking great. They spent so much time on every episode. Yeah. I mean, it's just. No, they, it's, they, yeah, they, 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 you definitely won't be disappointed. They really develop these stories. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and then they will until the very end. All these storylines. It would be a shame if it just suddenly got wrapped up real quickly, like in like two episodes. Well, they wouldn't, they wouldn't put people through that. I mean, this is, this is everything. You would game of hope. So (laughs) you would game, but guy, you're, you're kind of fun to talk to. Thanks. Well, you know, it's just, we, we're chill here. We don't freak out. You know, you got, yeah. Fires happen. Fire shit. Conflagrations. I keep forgetting. Oh yeah. That's right. You mentioned it. Okay. So, what are we at now? Like how many bells are we at? Like, is it? I, I Well, I mean, my, it's, it's spread to the roof. The roof, the roof is actually on fire. How old's the roof? Cause you know, if you think about it, if your roof is like 30 years old, maybe it's time for a new roof. And now this is kind of like 
fate, you know, on your side saying, Hey, you're going to get some insurance money for this roof and, uh, and you'll be all set. Really? Yeah. How does, so, so they would, so you would just get like, get the whole check as long as the place is insured. Yeah. I mean, you have insurance, right? I mean, you have to have insurance. I think so. I let my wife handle that stuff. Oh, then you probably have it because women are good at stuff like that. They really pay attention to things. They really do. We've got, um, I mean, well, you know, assuming she makes it, I mean, we've got some great women here in the back of the, of the schoolhouse that, uh, we call it a schoolhouse that, um, they're, they're great. They really, they, they, they handle all the filing, um, uh, the reheating of the mac and cheese. They do all that stuff. Well, apparently not the reheating part. Well, if your building's on fire. You know what? That's um, a good point. I walked into that. I, you know what? I could, um, I could have Lucas and uh, Mike swing by. They were going to do a run anyway to Subway. So I don't okay. think it's a big deal if they want to swing by your place and just see how the fire looks and if it needs, you know, super attending or if it's something that can wait. Well, I mean, it's, it's really getting hot in here. I mean, there's well, definitely, a lot I would, of people that need rescuing. Yeah, no, I would definitely get out of the building for sure. Cause yeah, when it, we, what we found is when buildings catch fire, they just keep going and the inside gets super hot. I mean, if you want some pointers, I get down on your hands and knees, you know, cause okay. the, the smoke rises. So you have better oxygen levels toward the floor. I mean, let's be honest. This world is, is biased towards snakes. Cause they're right down there. So they get the best air. Tall people, really good point. tall people don't get crap. I, you know, I didn't want to make this call political, but now it kind of is. Yeah. Tall people, you talk about tall privilege. No, there's no tall privilege in a house fire. I'm standing tall, six, three, and, and I can not breathe. And meanwhile, these, these, you know, short th- animals and, and, and kids and people like Napoleon, they, they, you know, they, they get much better ear than I do. So don't give me this privilege crap. Right, right. Uh, Mayor Bloomberg could just be running around the floor here and he could, you know, he could be fine. He would, he would just go about his business, just doing like, in, you know, just doing businessy things. Meanwhile, I'm up there, can't breathe, choke, eyes watering, having a heck of a time. It's not fair in many ways. But then why the heck do they have the snake on the flag that says, don't tread on me when he's got it so good? He's got better oxygen for sure. Is this one of those situations where like the captain goes down with the ship because I run the facility? Do I have to stay in here or can I just get out? Only, um, do you have a nautical themed house or business? No, no, it's just, it's a, it's a wood, it was a wood house. You know, you can always play the Italian role. Uh, If you're an Italian ship captain, you can just get off actually before most of your passengers. Is that true? Yeah. Oh, Chef Boyardee. Yeah. Here we go. I'm going to, I'm just pouring myself a little Genmaicha. Japanese tea. It's made with uh, roasted rice and green tea. I'm it's, not kidding. It's quite kidding. aromatic and, and and flavorful. And I'm just let me enjoy a little bit of this, and right. then uh, then we're gonna hop in the uh, boots and the put on the jackets, and okay. we'll be we'll be on our way. How's that sound for you? Well, that's good stuff. Mm, really good. Yeah, I mean, if you could just get down here now. No, no, we're okay, coming. I'm, I'm outside now, but it's super um, hot. The tea. I know your fire is too, but the tea is. Definitely up there. Yeah, no, the the fire is is really, really, really hot. Yeah, but you're not sipping the fire. I have to sip the tea, and it's it's going to burn my lips if I rush it. So if well, you just I, the, one of my the, employees just ran by me, and the only part of his body that wasn't uh, charred to the bone were his lips. See, he so he's not sipping the fire like I am with his tea. Very right, good tea, by the different. way. You, you can get it in any specialty store, Japanese really? stores. Yeah, they're great in town. Hmm. 
Yeah, except well, there was one that burned down last week. <laughs> Jackaroo! Hey, Brian. Hi, Jack. Why, why did you say my name like that? I, you know what? I felt, I just felt a, a burst of energy go through my leg. T- a little tingle in my leg came all the way up and mm-hmm. just made me say Jackaroo. Oh, you might want to have that looked at. I will actually have an appointment. Okay. Uh, well, I'm flattered nonetheless. So, uh, you know, Brian, I was, um, as I'm wont to do, you have, uh, you know, very lax internet security at your home for your private internet server. And I was able to, once again, um, break into your, uh, you know, into your computer. And I saw the list of screenplays that you've written recently. Mm. And I'm really, really excited to sort of hear about some of the movies that you have sort of in development. You're always writing screenplays. You write probably four or five a month. Wouldn't you say? I'm pretty prolific when it comes to writing screenplays. Uh, I'm a screenwriting machine. Mm-hmm. I am a, a writer of uh, the word for screen, as we say in the screenwriting business. I, uh, I like to put pen to paper. And create uh-huh. stories, Jack. I like to create stories that can be told for generations to come when they're put down on the old celluloid, as we call it in, in the movie making business. Sometimes screenplays are three minutes long. Sometimes they're four hours long. It really just depends on the the urge you get. It, it depends on your muse. It depends on a lot of factors. Also, how much cocaine you've in, ingested. <laughs> Obviously, more <laughs> cocaine means more screenplay, as many screenwriters can tell you. I wrote down all the titles I could find of the screenplays in your computer. I was wondering if I could ask you what, what your movies are about. Absolutely. Okay, wonderful. So the first movie, so cool. The Curious Case of Pat Sajak. The Curious Case of Pat Sajak. Yes. Oh, my gosh. I, I forgot that I wrote that. I bet. I bet you did. Well, yeah. I mean, I, my gosh, I, I can't imagine a full screenplay, a full movie with that title doing well. What What is that movie? Well, um, you know, he's a lovable character on TV. He's a game show host. Yeah. He's the host of Wheel of Fortune. Mm-hmm. And uh, – what happens, it's the story of a detective named uh, Bill N- Nortonson. He's a detective. Uh-huh. And, uh, and so he noticed a pattern because he was a big avid watcher of the show, The Wheel of Fortune. Uh-huh. And yeah. he noticed that, you know, the players, when they spun that wheel, when they hit bankrupt, mm-hmm. you know, and they, they lost and they were sad. But he was reading the paper and he saw that a player who had recently on Wheel of Fortune and who had hit bankrupt uh, was found dead. Oh. Yeah. And so he's like, well, that's weird. And he started doing a little research and he found that all the players who hit bankrupt are eventually murdered. (laughs) And yeah, there was a, there's a 100% murder rate for people who hit bankrupt on Wheel of Fortune. So that got him going. Yeah. That got him a little excited. Like, well, what, obviously there's some kind of connection here that can't be coincidence is what he kept saying. So he did a little sleuthing and he found out by, uh, by getting the records, the phone records for Pat Sajak, that he was in the same neighborhood as the person who was murdered on the same time. Huh. And put two and two together. And basically the, the, I mean, I hate to give away the end of my story, but Pat Sajak is a brutal murderer uh, who killed everyone who ever hit a bankrupt. And, uh, and, and this, this is based on a true story. It's a story that uh, the author completely believes wholeheartedly. 
Um, and you know, that he, makes it a true story. Well, there's see, there's an internet person named X, uh, who's an anonymous source who's been feeding him information, and he believes that Pat Sajak uh, is a, a brutal, uh, remorseless killer, and that is the the uh, curious case of Pat Sajak in a, in a nutshell. Yeah, and does that Vanna White play any sort of role in this movie? Yes. So you know, in all my scenes, you know that I, I'm like Hitchcock and that I like to write myself into the movie just for a quick scene, quick cameo. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's a funny little thing like Hitchcock walking a dog in the background or something. So there's yep. a scene uh, where I am seduced uh, by a beautiful blonde uh, game show hostess. And, uh, and, and there's just like a, there's a small montage, I'd call it of just a, a romantic montage. Oh, I think uh, romantic montage. And so we, we're, uh, we're hoping to hire Vanna for that scene. What are some of the scenes in the, like in the montage? Cause you're going to have to sort of capture a lot of scenes to sort of cut together a montage. Um, well, I mean, we're in a bookstore and, uh, I, she looks over and sees that I'm reading a book and I look over and see that she's reading a book and she's reading the Kama Sutra, uh, which is, uh, the Indian Bible of, uh, to, to lovemaking. And she looks at it and looks at me and then she points to the book and I nod knowingly and I, uh, hold up my Mentos. And then next thing I know, uh, she and I are, there's a montage and it's, you know, uh-huh. we, it's basically pointing to the picture in the book and then nodding our heads and then uh, figuring out how to, how to do that particular pose, whether it's the uh, iron butterfly or the singing Lotus, you know, they have so many fanciful names. What are some others? Uh, the bursting orangutan. <laughs> um, the stunned hyena, the whimsical badger, and the squ- squatting beaver. Um, there's so many. Gotta, it's so it's such a colorful book. Man, I haven't I haven't read that book since grade school. I gotta I gotta brush up on some of those. I'll give you my son's copy. <laughs> All right, let's uh. The weird montage to sort of jam into a, a murder mystery horror slasher flick. That's what her agent said. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Curious case of Pat Sajak. Yep. So here's a movie I'm curious at how, how and how and why. How, why would you make this movie? It's called Shoots and Ladders, the movie? Yes. Why would you take that beloved uh, board game, uh, generally meant for children? I mean, you know, once you're, you hit six, seven years old, you're done playing that thing, I think. W- Shoots and Ladders, the movie, w- what is that movie about? So Shoots and Ladders, the movie, yeah. So, you know, I was playing the game with my kids and it's mm-hmm. kind of a euphemism for, you know, success and failure, how you, you know, your neighbors, you know, the kind of like, oh, I'm doing better today. Oh, I'm not doing better today. Oh, life threw me oh, a curveball. Oh, I won the lottery, that kind of stuff. So, you know, this game kind of shows how life can be very random, right? One minute you're, mm-hmm. totally. you're the, uh, you know, what is it? The, the cock of the walk. And the next minute you're a feather duster. Yeah. So oh, nice. I, I approached Milton Bradley and yeah, I said, so- uh, I'd like to make this a movie. And they, they were super excited. So they sold me the rights. And what I did in the business is called a trickaroo because, <laughs> a trickaroo, um, okay. yeah, cause I really had no intention of making a movie about the board game. I just liked the name recognizability is what we call it in <laughs> is show that, business. Is that what you call it? Name recognizability okay. uh, or name recognition would work. 
And so, you know, everybody knows that game. Everybody's played it. So my thinking was they're going to see Shoots and Ladders, the movie on a marquee or on the Netflix queue. And they're like, oh, I know Shoots and Ladders. I'm going to watch that. Yeah, heck with it. I'll, I'll 10 bucks in a couple hours of my time. No big deal. So then they press play, they rent it, whatever. And then they get into the movie, which is, is about a demented sex cult. So, um, <laughs> what? Yeah. It's a, it's, they're called the blood fornicators. Uh, it involves ritual sacrifice and, uh, and heavy swinging. And, and it's just a, it's a brutally vicious and, and, and vulgar, and uh, sexually liberating film. Um, and uh, I mean, Milton Bradley won't return my calls. They're furious. Obviously, they feel like they've been, you know, right? They feel like they've been yeah. uh, misled. And, and they were, I'm being honest. <laughs> I, uh, I took it in a completely different direction. They, you know, they've accused me of sullying the, the name and in, in order to make some cheap bucks. And, and I said, yeah, uh -huh. uh, absolutely. And I, you know, my, my biggest mistake was putting that in writing. Cause I'm sure that'll come up in the court case. Well, for sure. It's something I should have said over the phone, but uh, absolutely. You know, I've We're learned my lesson. Yeah. Lesson learned. Um, but so I hope everybody watches it when it comes out, if it comes out. <laughs> well, I mean, it's, uh, it sounds very shocking. It sounds like uh, it'll at least get people to generate some buzz. I would imagine. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. No, this it's already it generated so much buzz. Who are you thinking of having in the movie? Uh, Kira Knightley. Okay. <laughs> so she kind of caught wind recently, and and um, she made an announcement that she'll never do another love scene directed by a male. Oh, is that true? Mm -hmm. So I said, okay, well, then I'll build the love scene around you. So okay. it's basically just, you know, her looking off into the field and then uh, I'll, I swapped out a scene where a bunch of people are doing it in a cornfield and then it just cuts back to her and she smiles or cries depending on the scene. <laughs> okay. Uh, shoots and letters in the movie. Yeah, it is. All right. D don't, don't watch it with your kids. No, definitely not. Okay. It's an NC 17 uh, at the very least. Then I found this on your computer. Uh, I'm so lonely. God, I want to die. My wife hates me. My kids hate me. And all I have is the stupid podcast with Jack. So what, what is that? What, what's that? So there's a thing when I'm screenwriting. Yeah. It's called, I call it the free ramble. Okay. And it's kind of, you know, you'll, you'll drink your Robitussin mixed with gin and, you know, you'll take a couple of whatever's in the cabinet to kind of get, get the thought process going. Okay. And it's funny because sometimes you'll wake up the next day and have no idea what you wrote mm -hmm. and you'll look at the words and, you know, they can be magical or they could be the ramblings of an insane person. Sure. And so I think this one was just channeling the, the alter me, uh -huh. like as uh -huh. if it was the opposite of me. Uh huh. Cause everything you said is, 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 is I feel the opposite way. Oh, so, um, and, and that could be the Robitussin talking or the gin talking or the Valiums or the, or whatever the, uh, other thing is that you take for anxiety or, mm -hmm. um, sleep or whatever, you know, just mix it all up. Was there an actual uh, screenplay in there? Yeah. It's just not written yet. Oh, okay. Do you, do you have a, a, an outline maybe of what's going to happen in that movie? No, cause I'm out of Robitussin. Boy, the pandemic is really, really hurting people. Um, okay, I just got one or two more. Sure. Um, uh, a movie called Wandering Hands. Uh, yeah, uh, Wandering Hands is a documentary. Mm -hmm. 
about the, the 46th president of the United States. Oh, and it just, neat. Yeah, it follows his hands. And it, it's what I did was I, I got special permission to attach uh, cameras to his wrists. Oh, okay. So you and have like GoPros, it, like GoPro cufflinks. Yeah, he has GoPro hands. cufflinks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and so this way we're up close and we see where those hands go. I edited it down significantly. So, I mean, it's, it's three hours. It's a, th- oh, a three-hour documentary. How, how much of that movie is um, uh, just like uncomfortable massages? Most of it is uncomfortable massages. I, oh, basically, cool. what I do is I, when it switches to a new uncomfortable massage, I just kind of pop in and I name whoever's being massaged. The massagee. Uh-huh. So um, I'll just be like, it'll, he'll just, you'll just see these hands slowly squeezing someone's shoulders. And then it just cuts to me going, Barbara Boxer. Right, right, right. Kieran Knightley. Yeah. Well, uh, it's certainly, again, lots of uh, good source material. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, let's see. And then, you know, so many movies and franchises these days have origin story movies. Yes. I love right, origin yeah. stories. Love them. Yeah. Right. And, um, and, and, Origin stories or standalone movies like Logan, right? Was the, was the, was the movie about uh, Wolverine just, you know, although he had a bunch of uh, spinoff movies of his own and, and you have uh, created one called Piggy, the origin story movie of Miss Piggy. Yes. Why? That's so interesting. What, um, tell us about this film. Uh, Piggy. Yeah. It's just called Piggy. Um, well, everybody knows Miss Piggy. Yep but we don't know kind of where she came from. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's the story of, uh, she basically fled Iran. (laughs) Really? Yeah. I I know that. Yeah. And, and their pork is Haram. Yeah. And, uh, she, so, but fortunately for her, she was under a veil. Mm -hmm. And so you could only, you could only see her eyes. And Uh so this is the story of her basically, uh, hiding, but in plain sight in Tehran, right after the revolution, 1979, we're talking. Well, right. Ayatollah Khomeini comes to power uh, and she realizes, okay, she's in big trouble. She's a pig. She's haram. So she, she covers up and she goes about her daily business, but she is contacted by members of Mossad, the <laughs> Israeli intelligence organization. Yeah. And they enlist her uh, to help them uh, undermine the Iranian regime. <laughs> so uh, we spend a lot of time, you know, with her, you know, a lot of close calls. She came very close to getting caught. Uh-huh. Uh, she was able to infiltrate a few, a few places. She did a lot of covert photography. She uh, gave them the, the access codes so they could uh, get in and destroy the centrifuges. Uh, and, um, and then she escapes and then, it, and then the, that's where the sequel comes in. That's going to be her, the story of her meeting Kermit. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. And it's funny because, you know, growing up in Iran, uh, she always was taught to hate frogs. Of course. Of course. Uh, you know, they were, they were the little Satan, the green Satan is what uh-huh. uh, the Iranian regime called frogs. And, and then when she left uh, Iran and came to the States and, and met frogs and, and, and came to fall in love with them and realized that they were people too except they're wow. frogs. Well, that's, that's sort of beautiful. I'm, I'm a little surprised that movie sounds way more like Argo than Muppet babies. Yeah. Well, you know, it's, it's an origin story that needed to be told. <laughs> Did it? Cause I, you gotta keep in mind the audience. I'm going to be taking my kids to that. And I, I feel like 
there's going to be a lot of whispering and explaining um, the backstory of, uh, of Middle Eastern politics during that. Yeah. Before you see the movie, you're going to want to talk to your kids about the Shah and kind of explain um, how we, how we um, got the Shah into power and, and how the, that enraged the mullahs and, and resulted in the revolution. Those are kind of, you want to do some backstory with your kids. So they kind of have a, a better grasp of the geopolitics in the area. Okay. Well, I mean, is there any sort of like wacky, uh, you know, wacky set piece or anything or, you know, some fun, goofy Muppet piece? Um, I mean, it was starting to be a, a funny, goofy Muppet piece. So they, you know, you have, uh, there was a couple other Muppets who kind of would fit in Iran, not a frog, yeah. of course, but Gonzo. Yep. And maybe Cookie Monster, pretty, anything that looks bearded. <laughs> and, um, and they start out with a, a song and dance routine. Uh, but then as they're doing it in the background, someone is executed by crane. And so you see them being lifted from the ground by their neck and, and they're hanging and spinning and, and kind of puts an end to the, uh, to the song and dance routine. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> that sounds rough. Just wanted to say, and that's something you should probably warn your kids about in advance that they're going to see someone go to a special place. Uh, huh. Well, a special place, they're probably thinking like, you know, Disney World or the candy store. Yeah, this isn't. They've been martyred or something. <laughs> All right. You make curious uh, decisions, but hey, it's your art, I guess. It's a craft and it's a skill and it's a dream and it's a fantasy. Okay. All right. Awesome. Uh, uh, last one, Brian. Yep, yep. Um, I saw that you had the movie called uh, Naughty Nurses 9. Yes. So what's that about? Uh, it is about nurses, obviously, as the title would suggest, who um, yeah. who yeah. are armed with vaccines, COVID vaccines, and they go up and down chutes and ladders. <laughs> Why? Why did you call that chutes and ladders? Because I figured like I owe the Milton Bradley people something. <laughs> this is your make good movie? I don't know how to make good. <laughs> what's going on in your life brian well my uh significant other slash uh wife has an opportunity to open up a uh what would be a like a very nice quality sandwich shop cafe type thing and at very minimal risk like the, the we would wouldn't have to do rent or anything like that. It's, it's basically somebody who wants it on the premises and uh she's willing to tackle that so that she's very excited how is that going to impact your life? We'll find out. What are you scared of? I don't want her uh, to succeed. I need to prevent that. Mm -hmm. If she succeeds, she'll leave. Yeah. She'll be like, oh, I'm, yeah. better, and I'm better than you. I'm leaving. Yeah. Very sad. What plans do you have to you know, help make sure she doesn't succeed? Um, well, a lot of her cooking depends on proper seasoning and things like that. So, I mean, you know, obviously spice sabotage is, is one way to go. Yep. Uh, you know, you see nutmeg, but I, I put cinnamon in there, mm -hmm. which really messes things up. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I can microwave her garlic mm -hmm. so that when she tries cutting it, it's all squishy and weird. Yeah. Um, you know, I'll, I'll soak the onions in gasoline. So it kind of gives it a very acidic, ga gassy flavor that really turns people <laughs> off. 
I mean, couldn't, couldn't you just like leave the onion out in the sun? I mean, do you really have to soak it in gasoline? I'm just thinking of options. I want to, you know, I, I want to be efficient in my, I want to really turn people off from the get go. I mean, it's very important that their okay. first impression is, is the last impression that they, they never give another chance to this operation. Well, uh, you really need her to fail. I need her. To, I need her to fail colossally. So I can okay, be, what, so what I can do ways? this kind of gesture where like I cross my arms and I just go, hmm. I saw that coming. Yep. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The smug. I mean, yeah. That that could last fifteen years of marriage to sort of like end arguments. Yeah, that could be a very powerful tool for you. Yeah, no, I'm very excited for this. I am, you know, this is I, I'm coming up with a lot of great ideas. God, my prayer. What, what other sort of ideas do you have to sabotage your restaurant? Well, one one way is, is I, I've been in charge of coming up with a name. Okay. And I'm going to work my hardest to convince her that Crap World is, is a name and the only name that's available. I'm going to tell her all the other names have been taken. Yep. At the trademark office. Yep. And I'm like, this is it, mm -hmm. sweetie. And you know, it's fine. It'll work. Crap World is a euphemism for delicious. She right, doesn't well, know. She, She's, she doesn't know. She comes from uh, Poland. Foreign originally. country. Yeah. So she doesn't know the, these yeah, English she, euphemisms. Okay. So, so Crap World would be the name of the restaurant. Mm -hmm. What are the, Okay, that that I can definitely. All right, that's definitely going to lose some customers. What else? There's still going to be some people who are going to be like shop local. We got to support local small businesses, and they're going to come to Crap World anyway. What are you going to do to make sure they have a really bad time at your restaurant? I'm going to make sure. Restaurant? I'm going to make sure everybody knows that my wife's main ingredients are peanuts and gluten. Uh huh. Um, I already am working on a statue and granted I'm not very good at sculpting, but it's just, uh, it's a person that just holding a sign that says diabetics, not welcome. And, um, <laughs> yeah, you would need to make a sculpture for that. That's just one of the ways I like to convey messages. Okay. Uh, yeah. I, well, it's too bad. I mean, diabetics might be a good, uh, Good source of uh, a customer base, especially in a small town like that. That's what I'm trying to scare away. I want to prevent this from happening. Okay. No, no cold beverages. No, okay, and interesting. The only hot beverage is soda. <laughs> what you, you said? You wanted to do something with the the music in the uh, in the restaurant? Yeah, I'm going to play Gigi Allen on loop. Uh-huh. Angry, angry, loud music. Yeah. And then, Gosh, I, yeah. And then I have a live music from the Bolivian pot clangers. It's a quartet and they just, they have mallets and pots uh -huh. and they're autistic, they're nonverbal and they just go at it. So they're desperately angrily trying to communicate to each other through pot banging. Yes. Over the loop of G.G. <laughs> Allen music, Allen? yeah, yeah. Who, for if you don't know, it's uh, he's a very angry and loud musician. So it's competing music. Yes, that doesn't seem like a really a great uh, atmosphere for digestion. That's what I, yeah, I'm looking for: cacophony. I want cacophony. I want gluten. I want peanuts. I want angry mobs uh, surrounding your table. I, you know, whatever it takes to put her out of business as quickly as possible so we can move on and find the next project to shut down. <laughs> you know, best of luck to you and, and worst of luck to your wife, pal. Thank you. I will invite you to the closing. Uh, yeah, I, I can't wait. Jack. 
Yes, Brian. As I have expressed to you in the past, um, as podcasts grow, uh, sponsors come. Yeah, I know. I can't wait. And, you know, it's not sponsorships are nice. They they provide you with a little extra fundage, as we call it in the podcasting business. And uh, so I've we've been approached. What we've been approached? We've been approached. And uh, these are potential sponsors who, who are looking to give us money for this show in return for advertising their product and or service. Yes. Yes. So, and they want you to read. And the only thing is, you know, you need to be, uh, you can't lose, break a character reading these spots. You need to, you just, they just want a proper delivery of their spots. That's all they're asking. They're looking for maximum professionalism, maximum professionalism or no dollars. That's what they told me. Ugh. Okay. I, I, that's fine. I'm, I'm a total pro. Okay. I'm then I will send account. you, they sent me, they sent me the ad and I will okay. send it to you. You haven't seen it. I have not read so, it at all. And I yeah, know we were doing this today. Yep. Yeah, you just got to read it cold. That's all I ask. Cause that's what okay. they want. And they're the sponsors. They're the ones with the money. So they make the rules. They sure do. Here you come. Hey. Just please uh, you know, be professional. Okay. I just got it. I have opened it and I am ready. Ready? Yes, please. Can you, can you do like call action and make me sort of feel more like yeah. a professional? Yeah, sure. Okay, Jack, we're, this is our potential promo spot for our new potential sponsor. Read away. Can you just say action though? Oh, sure. Action. Questionable material with Jack and Brian is brought to you by the Center for Plastic Surgery. Offering the latest advancements in plastic surgery performed by award-winning Dr. Michael Boswick and his team of board-certified plastic surgeons. CPS offers breast augmentation, liposuction, Brazilian butt lifts, tummy tucks, lip fillers, and more. Best of all, it doesn't take a million bucks to look and feel like a million bucks. Why spend thousands of dollars on silicone implants when you can use a Ziploc bag filled with corn syrup? And great news. The Center for Plastic Surgery is proud to announce their newest member, Dr. Alonzo Picasso, who can turn your nipples into functioning doorbells. The Center for Plastic Surgery. God made mistakes, but we're here to help. Oh, shucks. Come on. Yeah. Just, Turn your nipples into functioning doorbells. Hey, you know, they're, they're the sponsor. They can say whatever they want in their ads. That's a shame. You really blew it. That's okay. I would like okay. to maybe do business with them, though. Well, may, well, you know, you can get yourself. It's too bad. They could have done some trade with us, you know, some some bartering. I could have had totally. a Br Brazilian butt lift, whatever that means. It's a thing. Yeah, I don't know. It's a, it's thing. a thing. People do it. All right. That's, uh, that's fine. Is there another script? Yeah, there's another I'm potential sorry. sponsor. Just, we just need as professional as possible. I'm sending it to you. I'm sorry I blew that last one. It's You know, it happens, but the world's filled with potential sponsors, and this is one of them. Number two, okay. uh, th this is, uh, you know, best of luck to you. Thanks, pal. Okay. And, I got it. And here we go. And action, please. Questionable material with Jack and Brian is brought to you by Tim's Diner. Open 24 hours every day. Tim's Diner has no food, but does have several lovely ladies you can pay, pay to have sex with. Technically, that might, <laughs> technically, that makes Tim's Diner a brothel. <laughs> and we can change our name accordingly. But when your wife sees Tim's diner on the credit card statement, you'll thank us. <laughs> Tim's diner 
Open 24 hours. <laughs> Located right off the interstate. Tuesday night is Senior's Night. <laughs> Tim's Diner is BYOB. Vegetarian options available. Her name is Tina. <laughs> uh, well, I guess we lost Tim's Diner. All that work just to just to not have your credit card show up as a brothel. Yeah, well, better than Tim's brothel. Oh my gosh, it's okay. Uh, shoot, I'm sorry. That's and we could have done trade out with them too, which is such a bummer. <laughs> I would have loved to have done some trade out with them. Oh, uh, we would have been that would have been a lot of fun. Uh, no Tim's diner for us, but there's a there's another potential sponsor. Okay, just send him. Okay. Fingers mm, crossed. Gosh, Fingers very crossed. Oh, man. We really could use this money. Could use Tim's diner. I mean, barter would be fine. Oh, Tina's the vegetarian special. <laughs> uh, okay. I got it. It is open. I've not read it. I'm ready. And action. Questionable material with Jack and Brian is brought to you by AJ Collington's Barn Grill. Good food, good drink, and great times since 1998. AJ Collington's is the only bar and grill with a menu designed by a violent schizophrenic. Try our famous Stop Looking at Me Burger. Two patties, cheese, pickles, ripe tomatoes, and onion on a sesame seed bun that won't stop looking at me, bitch. I'm telling you, look away. <laughs> All our burgers come with a side of our legendary waffle fries with buffalo blue cheese sauce. The deer head in the wall emits radio waves that are going right into my head, so help me God stop looking at me, bitch. <laughs> AJ Cullington's has been uh, has 24 beers on tap and I'll bet there's a microphone and then a napkin. AJ Cullington's Bard Grill, your favorite neighbor. Uh, you know, so what? We don't need sponsors right now. It's fine. No, we we do. Well, Jack, that was an episode. That was an episode and we should do another one next week. If you say so. That was questionable material make sure to subscribe to the podcast make sure to review the podcast make sure to visit qmpodcast.com 